Hey, kid, we're going to say some stuff, and uh, your parents will be real upset with us if they hear you repeating it, so scram. Get out. All right, on with the program. Yo, it's Sketch. Uh, Cassie's still gone for this episode, but like in the last episode, she will be overdubbing the lines I did while I played as Meredith. And from here on out, on the following sessions, we were all present. So just allow yourself to stop answering emails that could have been a meeting for about an hour and join us in Avoidant Reality. employees were left blindsided as an imposter snuck into the crew, and Wick ventured deeper into the chasm. Meanwhile, Robert and Crablad got dragged all the way to floor 34 in a river rapid of Grammolds, almost losing Robert's arm in the process. After a lot of conversation on the phone, the imposter was revealed and decided to slink away as quickly as they had appeared, leading the tomato and the crab into Agatha's power station, where they managed to return light to the entire chasm. Clint and Meredith, joined by their new best friend Beam the Flashbot, found their way into Atlas's room and decided to call the others to meet them there. Robert, you've arrived and met up with Beam. What do you do? Should we just wait until Wick also gets there, or...? Yeah, sure. You're all there now. In this studio apartment. <laughs> I feel like along the way, Robert notices the inscriptions and I just want to do a lore roll to see if like any of the other names that were written down come up as something for him. Okay, do it. All right. That's four plus two. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. You recognize Pawpaw as Pawpaw Prospector a very well-known figure in the history of Agatha. He was the leader of the mines who committed suicide over the devastation as a bunch of his workers died to agatite poisoning over time. He never noticed it at first. And then as younger generations started working, they just had severe allergic reactions and died. Because there was no antidote or nothing. And he committed suicide by jumping into the hole. So recognize his name. Very well. He was also like a father to Atlas. Not his father, but Atlas, as you would know, was taken from the mines and raised by the employers. But he never liked that, so he would always escape back to the mines, which is what he considered his home. And the miners were like surrogate parents to him. Yeah. Any other names? You don't recognize the other names from history, but you assume that they are just other miners. Okay. Like, they, they sound like lizard names to you. Okay. All right. I think by this time, Wick has maybe caught up and everyone is in the room. Yeah, he gives the illusory wall a swing with his, with his bat because he believes that's how he enters. <laughs> and then he walks through. So can you do one more quick description of the room, now that we're all here? 
Yeah, it's a big studio apartment sized room. It is very messy. The floor is covered in books and like notes and all kinds of stuff. There's a desk that's also covered in books and notes, though slightly more in order as if it has been used at some point. There's a space in the middle with a like some like a pen and an open book. And there are a bunch of shelves with multiple books in them. Some of the books are missing, presumed on the floor, maybe not on the floor. Wick definitely took one. And the whole room is centered around a humanoid hole shaped like a little baby atlas. And there's a pillow stuffed into it. So the hole is on the floor. The hole is on the floor. We are in hallowed halls here. It's, I can't believe this. This is just wonderful. And Robert goes over to investigate the open book. And he just wants to flip through it. Roll me and investigate. Okie dokie. Oh, come on. <laughs> one plus one. So you think it's written in Agathon, a language that you, as much as you've tried, have never managed to learn. There's a lot of writing here. It's, it's handwriting. You presume it's Atlas's handwriting. Clint strolls over to what his buddy Rob's doing and kind of re- reaches behind his back and pulls out a book that looks like it could have just been a book that was in this room, but may or may not have been, and hands it to Rob and says, here, looks like you could use this. It's a common to Agathon type of, what is it, dictionary or like language guide. Okay, yeah, yeah very useful. Wow, thank you so much, Clint. And uh, Robert just wants to flip to the last entry that he can find and try and see if he can translate it. Okay. So you now realize that not only is it written in Agathon, it's also written in a cipher. You cannot understand. But you do have this realization now, and you have a way to translate Agathon in the future. Unfortunately, you are not able to translate this. This is written in a cipher that you do not understand. Okay. I should have just summoned the child to uh, translate it for us. <laughs> oh, the genius mind of Atlas. He's always been such a smart one. Too too smart for this little robot. Huh? No, not you, Beep. I'm Beep. Did you have a thing, Kevin? Yeah, I just uh, realized that, you know, I still have stresses and consequences and I need to do a cool down on my shit. So I was wondering if we could do a rest or something. Yeah, you guys can chill in here if you want. I like that too. But I have something I would want to do before we do the rest. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Wick, do you have a thing? No. Couldn't think of a thing. You had okay. <laughs> he was already in this room. He did his thing. His thing was stuffing a hole with a pillow. <laughs> no, he has a book that you guys have not asked about at all. <laughs> He hasn't mentioned it, has he? Yes, he did. Okay, no, 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 I've got, I got this. I, uh, we're going to extract Wick's thing out from his <laughs> pants or wherever okay. it's hidden. All right, so uh, Clint's going to beep just said, I am beep, right? Okay, meep. Listen, I am neep. How <laughs> oh would God. you like, how would you like to have a new purpose? Now that everything's bright, wouldn't that be nice? He lights up a little bit stronger. 
Oh, I bet you could use this then. And Clint like reaches behind where his ear would be if he had an ear, even though he's just a fog light with like legs and arms, I presume. And he he pulls out a small, it looks like black film, like a sheet that you would fit over a light to make it a black light. And then Clint just talks sideways to Mare. Hey, Mare, why don't you give our new friend a new purpose here? Huh? And Clint's suggesting that Mare affix this black light sheet to to neat. Oh, uh, let's Mare roll a craft. See how well it gets affixed. So that is a two plus five. That's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. This is seven. Yeah, she attaches it perfectly. Beam turns directly towards you, right in your face. Beams a bright light in your face. And what everyone else sees does not look like you. It looks like a twisted version of you that they're able to see for a second. And then he just moves his light somewhere else. Neat. Don't do that again, okay? I didn't like that. But there you go, bud. Now check this out. When the lights go out, you have a new purpose. You make other things glow. You can we turn the lights off in here? Yeah, it's very far away. Robert can shoot the lights or punch the lights? You could, but then they would be out. Don't think we want it to be a permanent lack of light. Well, we still have beam. We just need to rip off the filter if we want normal light again. Nah, it we don't have to rip off the filter. Mare can just remove it and put it back on whenever. Right, Mare? Yep. Okay, so uh, are we in agreement? You just really want to shoot things with your blaster. I get it, Rob. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Robert aims at the light with a shoot roll. Six plus three. All right, you hit it real good. You hit that light real good, and now it's dark in here. And you see a, a set of footprints you didn't see before. You can see a bunch of footprints, basically, of various Ooh. ages. One of them is not super old. Like, it's old enough that dust has accumulated over it, but it's very visible with the black light. The other ones, they're completely faded. You can see them a little bit. That lots of people have been in here wandering around. Huh. You see one tiny set of footprints that is fairly recent. Okay. okay. Does the book light up in possession? Do we finally get to see that or just reaching? I'm just reaching at this point. I have no idea why I would. No, like Clint, Clint is just reaching at this point. He's reaching for Wick's book. It's in my pocket, so you can't get to it. Reaching for your pocket. I'm feeling you up. Uh, you can roll a physique and then you oppose it, Eric. I don't want to do a physique. I want to provoke the book out of his uh, pocket. You have to talk to him. Do a provoke and then talk to him. All right, I'm talking to the book like, here, bud. Here, bud. <laughs> talk to Wick, you idiot. Wick, are you literate? I ignore Clint and I take the book out of my pocket and say, hey, Robert, this might interest you. <laughs> what is it? It seems to be some kind of geography book. You might find it interesting. Okay, a geography of what? I don't know. Take a look. Okay, and Robert takes a look. 
Is it written in Agathon? I didn't take a good look <laughs> at it, so it's all nerds to me. That answers my question. And I just go back to inspecting the footprints. Yeah, it is in Agathon, but there's not a lot of words in it. It's just like, it's like an atlas. Oh! Is it Atlas is Atlas? <laughs> Could be Atlas is Atlas. You see a couple locations marked in it. I don't have them planned out right now, except for one. So I will tell you about them later. But you can keep the book, and it'll have more locations uh, marked out in it. But it has one that is to the north of Agatha. And it's to the northwest. It just says, hold question mark there's just a place that's circled and next to it just says hole question mark yeah so there's a spot on the map that's circled but it's clear that that it is like not too old of a map or the map is old as shit but it is in good condition okay but not too much about the world has changed so that robert is able to recognize it so you recognize it as the world as it is, but no, Lucent City does not exist. Okay. It looks like the map that we drew. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's old. You can tell it's old. You've seen this map before in your history books. And yeah, this is what Circle looked like 900 years ago or whatever. Okay. Oh, this is so fascinating. And Robert stores it in his backpack. <laughs> and then he is, okay, I could stay here forever, but I do believe we, even if time is weird, we should probably focus on finding the child. And I feel like those footprints look pretty recent, so that's our best guess. And he tries to see where they lead. Is that an investigate role or is it easy enough to follow? It's easy enough to follow. They go into the room, they walk over to the shelf, they walk over to the desk, and then they like walk over to the bed. You see some handprints by the bed too, like they're looking under the bed. And then they go outside again. Okay. Robert wants to look under the bed and see if maybe there was anything. His address is beam. Shine under the bed. He shines under the bed. There's nothing there. But it is, does it seem like there was anything that was taken? Like an indent? There is less dust there, and it looks like maybe somebody was hiding there, but not anymore. Oh, okay. Mm. Why don't we have a quick rest now that we've seen what Neep's light has shown us? Good job, Neep. Longer. Yeah, why don't we have a quick rest? Everybody cool with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Swell. All right. Beam just falls down on his back instantly and turns into <laughs> It's like boom. <laughs> I think Robert is just so excited to be here that I feel like he, he doesn't actually fall asleep or anything. Then again, he's also a robot, so he wouldn't fall asleep. Yeah, he wouldn't need to fall asleep. He would need to charge with a UV or something, which he does not have. So Robert doesn't actually get like any points restored or well are the lights outside uv like the mine shaft lights are they uv lights no but i guess he could be like outside by the sky that i'll count that I'll count if he sleeps under moonlight i think that makes sense okay clint just finds a corner 
in Atlas's room. Stands there and sleeps. He's not going to sleep in the big bed? That's surprising to me. No, nah, he just sleeps standing up with his eyes open like every other employer. Just in the corner like a fucking sleep paralysis demon? Yes, oh, exactly. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Okay, uh, Wick, do you sleep? He doesn't so much as sleep, but he sits down and does nothing. He's too creeped out by Clint. Are you like, <laughs> do you think that Clint is awake and you're just waiting for him to go to sleep? He's just utterly confused. Like, he's just staring at him. Is he alive? Is he dead? What, what is going on? If you're staring at Clint's face <laughs> for long enough, even if the lights are out, your eyes adjust, surely, and you're staring at his face, then I'm going to say after a few minutes, he's going to have to take will check after will check to not be terrified of Clint. Even with his, like, strong will, it's just going to keep happening the more he stares at it. All right, he looks away. Wick eventually does go to sleep. I go park myself near the wall. <laughs> Crab lad looks over at Clint, sees him fucking standing there with his eyes open, shudders a little, and goes back to running diagnostics on the back. <laughs> You're not gonna rest. <laughs> well, that is resting for him. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like Meredith might also be creeped out by Clint and just in general not trust anyone to really fall asleep. So maybe she'll just grab a sharp object and hold it in her paws. <laughs> try to maybe f rest a little. But only, you know, the light kind of sleep. I want to say she goes up to Wick. Hey, can I borrow your bat? Okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give it back tomorrow. I just don't feel comfortable with you know, that guy? Yeah, totally. I get what you mean. It's creepy. It's really, really wrong. <laughs> Tomorrow the mission's gonna be over. <laughs> when, when, when Mare, like, points towards, or nods towards Clint and says that guy, if anyone's looking at him, his eyes, like, flutter a little bit and do a little creepy shiver. And then go back to normal. Meredith was looking and she shudders and then she crawls up beneath the bed and hides with the bat. <laughs> Falling asleep, cuddling the bat. So a couple hours pass and you guys wake up rested. I'm going to ask you guys to just reset everything. You have all your abilities back. Your stress is gone. What about consequences? Your consequences are still there. Damn. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That resolves at the end of the whole mission. And uh, also reset your fate points. So back to three for everyone. Yay. Recording a mid-roll for a podcast. Hello and welcome to 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I will be your AI host. <laughs> it's, 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 
Yo, it's Sketch again, and I brought Simon with me. That's my name, correct? Good, 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 good stuff. So, Simon has some very exciting news, but as a little cliffhanger, we'll save that for a bit later. Spooky. So, starting out, we just want to inform you of all the various ways that you can support us. We have Patreon now, and we have a lot of exciting posts up there. You got, you got some posts there, Simon. What did you do? What you got for them? Yeah, one of the posts I added was, you know, going into the making of the logo for the show uh, and for the campaign, as well as, like, behind the scenes of, like, the big poster drawing that I did. So just going into the process, if that's something that you're interested in, you're able to read up about it. Yeah, so if graphic design is your passion, you'll only have to pay like $200 <laughs> or something for that, right, Simon? Like $200? Is that how much we're charging for the lowest tier? Yeah, it's at the $200 tier. You know, graphic design needs to be paid well, so that's, you know. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I'm actually reading it. It's $1? There must be an error. And that's like crazy cheap. It can't just be $1 for access to that and then also access to like session zero notes where you get more backstory on the characters and my notes for session two in case you maybe want a GM and you're curious what's what kind of notes does Sketch make for his his sessions. All that for $1 and you get access to the Discord. Yeah, Discord. You can you can see what we're talking about, and you can you can discuss the episodes with other listeners. That's probably the nicest perk. Uh, we have a great creative community. We share a lot of the stuff we're making, be that art, music, any anything really, crafts. You can even share your fan art of the show. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah so far all the fan art we've gotten is from ourselves yeah but well, we are fans so <laughs> it counts <laughs> it does we also have a second tier now that one's at two hundred dollars right no five dollars actually lame we should definitely raise our prices next year so you know people should get started early if they don't want the raised prices oh yeah, yeah. you should get in on it before it costs two hundred dollars for sure yeah yeah, and at the, the second tier, we have uh, a lot of interesting stuff coming up. We have something we're calling Reality Check, which is any content that we do discussing the project from the outside. For example, the first thing we will do within Reality Check is a wrap-up of the arc, where we talk about what it was like making the arc, what were our favorite parts, our least favorite parts, what parts that we think could be better... All that kind of fun stuff, and we go into a lot of unrelated stuff too. So if you if you want like a more casual podcast where we just talk amongst each other as friends and somewhat mention the arc, then that'll really interest you. As well as we're doing a bunch of one shots that are coming up, some shorter campaigns GM'd by various members of the podcast. Uh, it's going to be really fun. 
Yeah, the arc wrap-up definitely was fun to record, and I think, you know, like, if you if you enjoy the show, it's definitely worth listening just to hear some of the things that we maybe had planned and that didn't work out. We have a, we have a lot of uh, interesting stuff coming up, and uh, you won't want to miss it. But uh, if you don't have any money, uh, don't worry, there's still lots of ways you can help us out uh, without spending a single yen. Word of mouth is a very powerful tool, so uh, tell your friends about us. Yeah, or start a, a cheerleading squad that just goes like, Hey, Void, in reality, hey. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one way you could support us. Yeah, start a cheerleading squad. <laughs> Why don't you? Or, or you could just, you know, like, sh- share about us on social media. You, you could draw a picture of a cheerleading squad that is, you know, like actually just crap lads. That would be a good way to promote us. That would be very good if it was all crab lads, yeah. <laughs> we also recently we had our first like listener meme, which was really great. Posted on social media. We really appreciated that. Yeah. That was really fun. We're hoping for more of that in the future as well. So if you just have like a funny meme you want to send us about the podcast then then go for it another huge way you can help us out is just by rating us five stars on the various podcasting apps you use we understand that maybe you don't think we're a five-star podcast but anything lower than five stars will essentially tank our discoverability entirely so if you want to give us criticism use your words not your stars for example, you could rate us five stars and say, that's not how Matthew Mercer would do it. <laughs> you got any got any examples, Simon, of a uh, um, five star review? Yeah. Another five star review could be, you know, damn, I want to be an employer when I grow up. Getting to boss people around. That seems like a good thing. This this podcast inspired me to be a worse person. Five stars, hell yeah. Five stars, hell yeah. You could say, I really like the podcast, but the music is really distracting, and I wish it wasn't there. And then rate us five stars. And then we will actually take that into consideration. We do, we are living, breathing human beings that are capable of handling constructive criticism. Not every living, breathing human being can say that for themselves. Yeah. And some some of our members are more able to take criticism than others. So maybe like mostly point it at me <laughs> and then and then be nice. <laughs> be nice to the cast. They're very sweet. Sweet little angels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tomato man. <laughs> All right. So on to the big announcement. Simon has released a really fun trivia board game. Simon, tell the listeners about Trivia Throne! Alright, Trivia Throne is kind of like a Jackbox game that you can print or that you can play in Tabletop Simulator. You just roll dice, you get assigned a trivia category, and in that category you ask questions to your fellow players and answer the other questions. You gain points, and with those points, in between asking trivia questions you can purchase cards which modify the game somehow for example okay maybe next round you get double the score 
or maybe you're able to steal someone else's card and that effect. It's a fun little strategic kind of take on trivia. If you've ever played like a trivia game and you're like, well, how, how in the hell would I have known this? You're able to make your own category sheets and just, you know, maybe like sh pick categories of like all the shows that your friend group is into, for example. You know, you're able to custom tailor it to really just be what you want it to be. And I think that, yeah, I worked quite hard on it. There's fun drawings in it, hopefully, and Sketch helped me make a fun trailer. So you should just go check that out. It's available on itch.io. So just look for Trivia Throne on there. Yeah, we'll play an audio version of the trailer after this. But I really recommend going on YouTube and checking out the video because it's so good. Simon did such a great job. The art in this game is a huge selling point. It's so cool. Every trivia king is like a little animal. The the various like special cards you have are great. It's it's a really fun game. I've tried it and it was it's just a lot of fun coming up with like your own trivia and like it's it's very much up to you what you want to do and if you're not very good at trivia then the extra cards will give you an advantage. Uh, in that way, anyways, and it's it's a really neat little game. Ghosty, I will say, he said, like, he hates trivia games. And he said he still found it entertaining to play. So if that isn't high praise, I don't know what is. That is true. He does absolutely hate trivia games, which is why I'm hoping to add one to the campaign at some point. <laughs> we could always, for the for the Patreon, record a session of Trivia Throne. We should play Trivia Throne for the Patreon. Yes, definitely. And that the game costs like $200, right? No, it's uh, $8. $8? That's fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. That's, just... That's nuts, man. I considered, you know, like I debated on the price for a while, but I feel like 8 bucks is is decent enough. Yeah, that sounds extremely fair. I would have sold my house to get the game, but I, it's only $8, so I, I managed to not do that. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, it's, it's especially good because it's not my house. <laughs> I rent. Anyways, let's, let's get back to the show. I'm sure something crazy is happening with Beam, right? Probably. Or something crazy has happened with Beam. Yes, e either or. And it is honestly one of my favorite moments in this arc. It is so good. <laughs> it's it's honestly great. We we couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, as you can probably hear <laughs> during the recording. <laughs> Hopefully that's your experience too, dear listener. Yeah, so let us just send you back to avoid in reality. Before you stands a golden throne. Your chance at power and authority. Besides you, filthy animals. Only one can sit atop. Invoke the fates to determine your domain. Then devise devious questions to put each other to the test. But. Knowledge isn't the only thing that makes a trivia monarch. 
A certain cutthroat strategy is part of the job just the same. Plant crops that'll yield returns later on. Or hire one of the many advisors our kingdom has to offer. Perhaps a thief to steal your opponent's crops. Perhaps a guard to protect against that very thief. You might even find yourself pondering whether to allow a mad wizard to wipe mathematics from everyone's memory. <laughs> Prove your wit and your wisdom throughout all four seasons of a year. And you might find yourself the rightful heir to the Trivia Throne. So after enough time has settled that everyone kind of seems like refreshed, Robert just walks back in and is just, oh, beam, light up. Let's follow those footprints, everyone. Dude, shoots up. Well, he turns on and he <laughs> wiggles helplessly, to be honest. <laughs> he, does, he does not shoot up. He turns on and he like, as if he's going to jump up. He makes that motion, but he just gets nowhere. He's like, ah, help, please. And Robert picks him up once again. Thank you, Rainboot. Did you call him Rainboot? Oh, Rainboot, I like that. Not my name, but I'll accept it. He just wanders over to the desk, and he starts like looking through the drawers for anything shiny. And he found, finds a little fountain pen, and he he just holds it. He's holding a little fountain pen. What did you find there? And Robert goes over to look at it. Treasure. Laser? Treasure. Treasure. Oh, treasure, treasure. Okay. Yes, I will put it in my collection. I feel like Crablad would probably try to fight him for it. Not shiny enough. Okay. Yeah. That this is an important historical artifact. This pen is very likely to have belonged to Atlas. I do not mean to uh, misjudge your capabilities, but I feel like this is not to be kept in your property. Rob, come on now. Settle down. Oh, what is this, a work dispute? Look, team here. Wait, teed, bead, beam. He's not gonna do like any other person would do. Take this down to the docks and to, what is it, D? F. eBay to try to sell this thing off. He's got a collection. He's a collector. I'm gonna put it with my other Atlas things. Other? Y you have other Atlas things? I've been here many times. 
what else did you have? More importantly, have you seen anyone come through here? A little boy? Yes. He was little. Was he a little girl? Which way did he go? I do not sense gender. I see little humanoid. So, shh. All right. Where, when was this? No concept of time. Did he say this under the bed? Ah, uh, was there anything else in the room at the time? Yes. What was it? Long thing. Uh, remote? One of those caterpillars. Yes. The same kind of thing that turned out to be what the fic was, what the fake wick was, right? Yes, yes. the Longrin monster. The gr- Grimold. The Grimold was in here. Okay. <laughs> the Grimold, you Could said. Could this be a, a Grimold hole? Now, was the child able to successfully hide from the Grimold? I don't know. I'll pick up object. What object did you pick up? A uh, book. Which book? Where did you take it? Floor. Floor? Floor. Floral? A floral book. A book about plants? I don't know. Book. Can't read. Can you show us your book? Do you have it on you? No. He's like a tiny light. He has no space to carry anything. (laughs) Where is your collection? I love Atlas stuff. Can you show me your collection? I would love to revel in its glory. Sketch, feel free to stop me here. Because I never know the mm-hmm. limits of my own power. But this is a new day, right? Effectively, I've had a rest. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Without saying a word, Clint's going to just reach towards... Still kind of enshrouded in darkness, right? Like, it's just a black light going mm-hmm. on. All right. So, one's kind of huddled around Beep. And suddenly, Clint's hand shows up. And as it comes into focus, there's a spotlight encoded CPU that's much newer and stronger and smarter. And maybe, Mare, if you can just equip our little friend with this, he won't be so stupid. Mm, Okay, so let's do it against his will then. (laughs) Mare, go for it. Beam tries to run away, and then I roll some uh, athletics for him. Spot that light! Stop that light! Ooh, it's going very bad for him. <laughs> he falls over. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna say Meredith has moral quandaries with this. Yeah, seems right. Yeah, she is like a fairly moral character. So you're gonna have to force her. Isn't she a thief? <laughs> no. Are you sure? She's not a thief, no. She has burglary skills, but she's not primarily a thief. No, she's like a shady dealer. It's a, she's a shady <laughs> dealer with in, like high moral standing. Well, I think she's willing to like steal shit, but not hurt anyone. Who said anything about hurting anyone? He says he wants to stay the way he wants to stay. <laughs> that is hurting him. If, if I was like stupid and you wanted to change my brain and I said no... Then you are hurting me. It's a temporary thing. 
Mayor, come on. Well, you just put him back the way he was after. Unless you're incapable. Guys, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm going to provoke Mayor. Okay, provoke her. I did it, I said, unless you're incapable. Okay. Maybe you're just a wild animal after all. Roll for it, man. Okay. I rolled a five plus five. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she doesn't have anything to go against it. So yeah, I guess she's just... Well, it's not like you guys are giving me a choice. Yep. <laughs> Company policy. She rolls a craft with disadvantage because he is fighting her. Oh no. <laughs> Let's increase the odds. What if I use the mech to pin him down? <laughs> oh my god. Why? It seems important. Oh, okay, man. yeah. I'm not gonna have you roll a physique. He's very weak. <laughs> oh. Hold him down. You're holding him down. <laughs> Oh my god. Wick is not She's a like, fan of this. Wick, you stop it. You can stop it. Yeah, I say stop. Just let, just leave him alone. Wick, chill out. It'll just take a minute. And she she opens the back compartment of oh. his whole body head situation. His Kirby situation. What if you break him? I won't. I'm good at this. She opens his back the back of his head <laughs> and pulls out his brain performs brain surgery and puts in a different brain while she's putting in the new brain Clint's just gonna say oh goodness Mayor I thought you'd put him under at least first <laughs> oh she just rolls her eyes at you Robert Robert is just horrified by this <laughs> He's just like taking steps away very slowly. A long arm goes around Rob's shoulder in the dark. Oh no. So Beam stands up and he's like, Now, Robert, you could have easily stopped this, but you chose not to. Oh no. <laughs> and uh, Wick, I appreciate your efforts, but it seems they were futile. <laughs> and uh, now I am here to guide the way if I see fit. I will take my brain, thank you very much. Of course. And I will, uh, keep it for my collection. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What should we call this version of you? My name is Beamer. <laughs> nice to see that you underwent the operation successfully, Beamer. We'll have you back to your old self whenever you want. I have no interest in discussing matters with you. Let's just get this over with. Excellent, my old friend. And he waddles off awkwardly, as he always does. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> with his own brain in hand. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what do the brains look like? It just looks like a little microchip. Okay. I thought it might be something a bit more... Like ramen? Not ramen, but something more decorative. Something that might be in the shape of a brain. No, it's just like a little chip. <laughs> don't dip it in anything, though. <laughs> no, that dude, that's a crisp. They call them crisps. Oh, yeah. So, I guess Robert just follows along and whispers to himself, 
Oh, Atlas, I confess my negligence in standing up for fellow creatures. This is not your way, and I, I regret, and oh, please have mercy on my sins. <laughs> and you hear a voice in front of you go, That is okay, my child. What? I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps walking. Okay, this, this doesn't happen often, but Clint's still got his arm around Rob. And because he put it there and they're walking together. So Clint just heard this exchange and you don't hear this often from him, but he laughs a little bit. <laughs> and it is a very unsettling laugh. I can't do it because you need a deep voice like maybe Aaron could, but his laugh sounds a little bit like, I don't know. You know, grasshoppers at night? It sounds like that, but slowed down and deep. Ew. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> Very fun and cool. Like his natural laugh. He does fake laughs like, ah, you know, but that's his like actual laugh. Yeah. His regular laugh is like, <laughs> yep. Could I make an attempt to fix Rob's arm? Yep. You can do that. You can try to do a craft. Oh, oh, thank you, Crab Lad. I appreciate your efforts. I rolled in four. Yeah, okay. It's back to just being like a little bit loose. It's not fixed, but his throws will be normal. Gotta keep that throwing arm. Okay. Gotta make it through this mission. Yep. So, are you, where are you guys going? Where do you want to go? I guess we follow Beamer, right? Oh, you follow Beamer, okay. Beamer takes you down. Okay. Yeah. He knows that you want to find the kid, and he knows the kid is not upstairs, because he wanders around everywhere looking for stuff for his collection, and there was no kid upstairs. He usually doesn't wander that far down, like usually Atlas's room is as far down as he goes, but he presumes that the kid is down, because he is not up. So he wanders down. If it's up, then it's stuck. Sketch? That's true. If it's up, it is stuck, but it is not stuck. It is down. I want to ask Beamer how long he has been down here. That is a difficult question to answer. I am not programmed to have a concept of time because that would be horrible, horrible torture. So, I don't know how long I have been down here. But I have seen many folk pass. I have seen the mines in their operation. I used to be of use to the miners. And then the mines closed down. And uh, being the fool that I was, I could not make my way outside. And I've just been trying to... Keep sane by collecting things and saying hi to the smugglers that pass by, trying to be helpful and have a purpose. Beamer, would you like to accompany us back to the surface and find a new purpose when we're all done with this mission? I think my old self would love that. Currently, I just want. To die. <laughs> Some part of my brain wanting to uh, grab lead, aim the cannon. Leary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, but uh, that would be fucking hilarious. That's bad business, crab lad. <laughs> Look, you guys were kind 
well, kind of kind, to, well, let's say a useless idiot like me. So I will guide you to where you need to go. And afterwards, you can either restore me the way that I was, or I will head for the bottomless pit. Well, that's just a waste of a good person. I am not a person, but thank you. I was waiting for that. So he takes you all the way down to a room which has a lock in front of it. And he says, this is a room I have not been able to access myself, but it is the communications room. So if the children or anyone, there could be information in here is what I'm saying. There could be good information for you in here that would indicate where the children might have gone, what has happened to them, etc. But the lock requires two people. And it requires saying the same word at the same time. So, as Beamer tells you this, I want you guys to pick two people, right? And without any table talk, without any in-character talk, I just want you to, one, two, three, say a word until you both say the same thing. What? You basically just go, one, two, three, and then you say a word. And then you hope that those words line up somehow. Just a single word. Yeah. Simon knows it. I've played this game with Simon. Yeah. Okay. Wick, let us attempt this. Uh, okay. Okay, so three, two, one. Dragon. Open. <clears throat> Dang it. Does anything happen? No, nothing happens. Nothing happens. You guys just have to do it again. <sighs> okay. Three, two, two one. Open. open. Damn, look at you guys. You saw it immediately. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, it opens. Simple as that. I just wanted to do a fun little game. <laughs> that was very fun. I was so hoping, though, that you couldn't guess the same word two times. So yeah. Yeah, 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 I thought Simon for sure would say dragon. <laughs> Assuming that... <laughs> that would have been fun if I had switched. Yeah. Okay. So, you guys enter what is very obviously, as Beamer told you, a communications room. And there's a computer. And there's also like a soundboard kind of thing with an old walkie-talkie kind of, you know, like an old communications table. What do you guys want to check out? Does Beamer know how to... Like, did he say he knew how to use this or has been in here before? Or did he just say he knew where this room was? He knew where this room was. He has not been in here because it requires two people. In that case, Clint turns to Spotlight. Beamer, you have done great service Thank you. to helping us in our mission here. Now, Mayor, Beamer, what do you say? Shall we restore Beamer to his previous glory? Yeah, we can, we can do that. I would love to be rid of this intelligence, please. Sam. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Yes? Did you notice Atlas character personally? Yes. Who was it? What, what is he exactly? Like, why is he so revered now? 
what did he do in the past? Robert is just mouth agape, like, yeah. unsure, like, why Wick is asking this. Like, he can't believe. Atlas was born here in Agatha. He was taken by the employers and left and returned here. He was then raised by the miners, by uh, Papa and his daughter, Viola, especially. And when he left to see the world, he uh, found that the mystery of his origins continued to haunt him. And he returned to the chasm to excavate what turned out to be Cyrus, known then as the Biggin, a large Agathon, humongous in fact, almost as large as the chasms of Agatha themselves. He then led the revolution against the Cumulans, who held the world under oppression, and gained the energy of hundreds of Sraman, their life force, and became an extremely powerful entity. However, being the empathetic being that he is, he had no interest to rule. So once his revolution was won, he returned to Agatha, found that his past compatriots had all passed, and once again wandered the world. And more than that, I don't know, because I've been stuck in here since. Okay, thank you. You are welcome. May I please die now? No, we're going to make you stupid. <laughs> Same thing. Okay, let's see how Meredith does. Is there some way I can assist Meredith? I don't know, just to make sure that this goes well. I know it's obviously going to go well because she has plus five to craft, but I just... Hey, God, hey, God. <laughs> Crab lad, just go ahead and push him to the floor and pin him down again. <laughs> I appreciate your assistance. I was not going to resist, but I appreciate it nonetheless. To be held one last time. So, Meredith succeeds in, in putting him back, and he goes, No! Uh, I'm fine. But are you? Hey there, Beam. Hello. Hey, guess what? Wow. You're going to go get all your treasure and come with us back up to the surface and find a new purpose in life once we find a boy. A surface purpose? Exactly that. Excellent. And he tries to get to his feet, but he is face down, being held down by Crab Lad. <laughs> It's cut till five years later, and he's just hanging from an intersection as a traffic light. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something you'd really be into, you know? <laughs> hanging upside down. Yeah, so he's still face down on the floor. <laughs> All right. The least I could do is help him back up. He gets back up, and he goes, Did it all by myself. You guys are in this communications room. There is a communications table and a computer. Do you want to check either of them out? 
Robert wants to check out the communications table. Just is anything labeled? What kind of buttons are there? There are lots of dials and knobs and stuff. And uh, there is a blinking light that says one message outgoing. Can Robert easily find a way to replay the message? Message deleted. (laughs) 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 Do do I have to roll for intelligence or something? (laughs) No, I just want you to get this. So you hear the same Agathon boy you met in the cafe or the restaurant or whatever the fuck a whole lot of food is. (laughs) The, The theme restaurant or whatever. And you hear, Hello? Do you read? This is Cork Tuff. I entered the chasm with Lucius Cloudfall and William King. I don't know how long it's been since we were outside, but we're in bad shape. William took a hit of agatite and is having a bad reaction. We're headed outside right now, so if anyone can hear me, I beg of you, please meet us outside the entrance with an antidote. Beep. Message over. We gotta find that kid. Do any of these three names, are they recognizable to Clint? You guys know who Lucius is? Because that is the kid you're looking for. You read in the letter that Lucius misses William and Cork. So you know those other names. And he said he missed them dearly, but it's good to know that they got out safe. Um, Robert takes his phone to call up, what was the employer's name again that we dealt with? Dimpleton? Dimpleton. Okay. Does it work? Give me a calling noise. Come on. Yeah, what's up? How you doing, Rollo? Dimpleton, we are making a tremendous progress. One thing we just found out that... This William boy, he desperately needs antidote for agatite. So uh, would you uh, maybe arrange that? Oh, we sorted that a long time ago. I just couldn't tell you about it. Oh. Yeah, not a big deal. Robert hangs up immediately. Excellent. Okay, Robert wants to look if there's anything like a big sound system. Surely with the mines, they might have had a big intercom where they could announce things such as, hey, an emergency sound, come gather here, or, you know, like in a grocery store, that kind of thing, or even just an alarm. So he wants to see if there's a way to send a message out for the entire mines to hear. Ooh, interesting. Clint, Clint says, oh, I'd, I'll delegate that task to Mara. She should know what that'll look like. Okay, just roll a notice. Like, both you and Mara roll a notice. Okay, I'll roll a notice. Okay. I got a six. I rolled a two plus one. Okay, so, Clint, you notice it. Nobody else does. You see the intercom, I guess it's just called. Yeah, just the intercom thing. You recognize it because you have seen many intercoms and pressed them in your lifetime because you've been in many business settings. Yeah. Where an intercom was required. So you're just like, oh, yeah, it's the good old intercom button that I can use to make everybody hear me, which I love. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't have an assistant. Clint and radio shows have a lot intercom. So Clint just walk over the intercom. Put it up to his delicious mouth. Uh-huh. Press the button. And go. Ahem. 
he's testing it. Does it make sound? Yeah, you can hear it going through the room. Through the room? So so it's like being broadcast throughout the mineshaft? You could presume that, yeah. At least the area that you're in, like the all of the sections that were marked off. This is Clint Earth. We are trying to locate one Lucius, a little boy who, for all we know, is now an old man or deceased pile of bones. But if you're still alive, we're looking for you. Probably your parents or something, I'd imagine. I don't know. It's our job. Hey, look, try to make this easy for us. Okay, kid? Over. Noted. We need to find a way to say how he can meet us. So let's just agree to meet. Any ideas in Atlas's room? Robert just picks up the intercom again. I don't know about meeting in Atlas's room. Why don't we take... Oh no, Beep is too stupid. Hello. Yeah, here. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, what should we do? Meeting in Atlas's room, it's not a great meeting location. I'll think that we should... Um... The birth chamber. The birth chamber? Yes. Well, that is Atlas's room, isn't it? Multiple. The chamber. The chamber. Lots of space. Oh, the big chamber. The rib cage. No. No. Big. Bo- bottom. Bottom of hole. Big chamber. Bottom of hole. Nothing interesting there. So no distractions. Good for me, sir. Beam? Yes? Beam. <laughs> are the Grammolds speaking to you? Are they speaking for you? No, they are not. No. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of us lose sight of Beam? No. No. This is still Beam, right? Can someone do a little, like, robot check on him? No, uh, what the Rob. fuck would that be? <laughs> resources? I'll do a check. I've got resources. Yeah, roll the resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a bit of boom. Oh, shit. Oh, I got a four. <laughs> he seems the same. Guys, he seems the same. Same beam that we've always known. Although he could be a bit beamier. Blur now. <laughs> Blue what? He's blue. He's saying he's blue because of the black light. <laughs> and sad. Beam, why are you sad? Complicated. Mayor, did you take out that whole chip? Yeah, I think so. Well, show it to us. She shows you the chip. There's a tiny piece missing. Then chipped off. You left a chip of a chip in there? I think we have to go back in. Beamer wouldn't want this. <laughs> All right, Crab Lad 69, you know what to do. Penis has to You know what? Let's focus on just making an easy way to meet up. We know that Lucius has been in Atlas's room. I don't know how to get to this birth chamber. I don't think either of you do. I don't know if Lucius does. Well, Beamer, but who? Doesn't matter. Wick does. Oh. Okay. He was just down there. He was? Yeah. 
do you remember there was a whole call where Robert was like, oh, you're in the birth chambers. Right. Oh, derp. I'm sorry. So do I need to keep this guy pinned down or? I just forgot that was the name. Aaron could have remembered too. Would have been helpful. The birth chambers, did it look like Lucius was maybe down there before? Did you notice any footprints? Just uh, real quick. While this is going on, Beam is just going, <laughs> Oh, is it because Crab Lad's on him? Yeah. <laughs> All right, hold up, hold up. We need to have a vote. What are we doing about Beam? I don't this think that we should- unjust. We need to make Beam stupid again, like before. Right, yeah. Right, the- we have a- we need the labimity. What if he just gets messed up even further? What if Meredith messes up and takes out more chips than she's supposed to? What if I can do this where I can make one of my things into like little tweezers and just try to fish the little piece out? Do it. Yeah, sure. Roll a crap. I... Don't think that I trust you totally, as you are a crab lad, 69, and we have a high-skilled tinkerer here. Mira's been doing a great job. I spend my entire day piloting a technologically advanced robot. I think I can pick a chip out of a little man's head. Well, if Mare and Rob are okay with it, then Wick and I agree. Okay. Meredith is just like... Dude, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm not messing around with that anymore. I rolled a six. Robert just agrees reluctantly, not being entirely sure which Beamer would want. Complacency is the seed of evil, Simon! <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so you open mm. the back, and you pinch in there, and take the tiny piece of chip out. And that's it. It's fine now, probably. Do I need to hard reset this man? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. You'll erase the memories. We've known Beam for an hour or something. What memories does he really have of us? Wick, come on. Not of us. Beam has no concept of time. We're his best friends. That's true. That's true. The thing is, if you erase all the memories, he doesn't know where to go or how to lead us or anything. Friendship is bad. Something feels bad. Friendship is bad. Oh, yes, definitely. I agree. Yeah. As I put him back together and set him upright again. <laughs> Clint's going to do something unexpected and kneel down to the point where his knee is almost touching dirt. <laughs> Of the knee of his pants, so it's very close to touching dirt, and he's gonna he's gonna whisper to be with his hand kind of firmly on his shoulder of where a shoulder would be on a, a fog light. Listen to me, beep. Friendship is necessary, and I'll tell you why. Because without friends, you don't have any stepping stones. To raise yourself up out of a deep hole. <laughs> Five years from now, I have a vision. Uh -huh. 
Look. I see you hanging majestically above many people, dictating which way they go when they stop and whether or not they may turn. Doesn't that sound like a great life? Uh... What? <laughs> Trust me on this one. You want friends. Friends are good. You can use them to your advantage. Friends are advantageous. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and then he gets up, and even though absolutely zero molecules of dust touched him, he, like, does the clap thing with his hands to shake the dust off and says, all right, to the birthing room or whatever it is. You guys not going to check the computer? Uh, weird. There's this voice that just popped in. Oh, yeah, right. Bef on his way out of the room, Clint will go back to the intercom. Just matter of afterthought kind of thing. Turn it back on. Test it a little bit. Boop, boop. This thing on. Sees that it's on. I was going to say, without losing momentum as you're walking out, you just immediately do a U-turn and walk the other way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, right. Lucius will be in the birthing chambers, birthing room. Meet us there. <laughs> or you'll be square. Robert chimes in. I still don't think it's a good idea. The birth chamber is a big location. Atlas's room is a single place. We know how to get there. We know Lucius has been there. I think it's a great idea. Nah, it was the last intelligence that Beamer gave us before we totally stripped him of life. <laughs> you see Beam, and he is breaking the shit out of the other chip. He's <laughs> crushing it under his foot. It's like stomping on it over and over again, almost like feverishly. And then when you look at him, he stops and he just like sort of innocently stands there and he's like, Hello. <laughs> That a boy beam. Careful, you might fall over. <laughs> I'm not gonna pick you up again. Okay. I will be trapped here forever. Rob, I don't know why you think Atlas's room is a good place to meet when we just had a quite intelligent local tell us that we could probably f meet with the boy in the big spacious chamber that's way down in the hole and we haven't all been there yet, but Wick's been there, and nothing bad happened to Wick, right, Wick? Wick was down there for a few moments. We were in Atlas's room. We were able to spend the night safely. I think it's the safer option. I think it's the easier option. Let's do a vote. Anyone else agree that would be a better place to meet than the birthing chamber? Unfortunately, I have already communicated to the boy to meet us in the birthing chamber, so you guys can vote on whether or not I was wrong and then take that up with HR, but we're going to have to go down, I think. No, we can still send out another message. I break the communication machine <laughs> violently. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Roll a fight, I guess? Yeah, I'll roll. Right. Well, Robert wants to stop him, so contesting him. Contesting the fight? I want to contest Clint as well. With athletics, maybe? No, a fight. You're fighting him. Okay. This is highly inappropriate! Am I allowed to help Rob, Robert? You guys can both I fight. rolled a one. I got a five, and what's my modifier? It's a lot. Five. So ten in total. Okay. okay. What did you get? 
so <laughs> I'm only allowed to use my own up against both of theirs. Yeah. Deciding whether or not I want to, like, it, it sucks because I wanted a bit of time to decide if I was going to use a fate point before I knew the result, but whatever. I got a nine. I have five plus four. I would have used company mandated pecking order, but I don't think it matters that much. Yeah. I think he just stops you before you break it. Like nothing else happens, but he just he stops you. Alright. Fine. I'm just gonna go look at this blinky screen thing and walk over to what looks like a computer. Okay. Do you wanna turn it on? I'm gonna try to get Mare to do this. I'm just tired of the screen time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, she just turns it on. It's just a computer. She just turns it on. And she goes. You could have just done that yourself, you know. It's just a computer. You guys have those, right? Businessmen have computers. Yeah, of course. We do have those. All right. Great. I'm going to go over there now. No, use the computer. Use it. All right. And she <laughs> sits up on the office chair. You could have been sitting in. You could have been sitting in an office chair, but you're not. <laughs> Sits up in the office chair, grabs the mouse with her ferret hand, and boots up. I'm going to sit in the other office chair in the room. And it's an incredibly simple desktop. It's just a picture of the same lizard that you guys saw before that resembled Wick. The same uh, lady lizard. A younger version, though. And... There are two things on the desktop. There's an email icon and there's a trash icon. And then there's just a billion different images, just like image files. You know, like an old person's computer. <laughs> I feel called out. Robert points out, open the email to Meredith. Okay, will do. She opens the email and... The screen glitches out. Most of the files, or like the emails, are fucked up. Like you can't enter them. They're just like nonsense. Glitch stuff, you know. You know how glitches work. Corrupted. But there are four. Yeah, they're corrupted. Thank you, Aaron. Good boy. There are four emails, which I will send to Ghost. Do you want to read? Sure. Okay. Actually, I split it between two people, Aaron and Ghosty. So there, there's two people sending these emails. Okay. Okay. I will give Ghosty the first one. While this is happening, Clint has uh, assumed a very comfortable boss type of reclining, like semi-reclining seat in the office chair. And because he's got such long legs, the legs are up on the actual desktop. Monitor. Hey, roll me a notice. Sure. I got a five. You got a five. You noticed that you're uh, you sat down in a bunch of dust. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. You did this just because I didn't immediately ask if there was an office chair in this room, and I resent that. No, I did it because you didn't ask if there was any dust. Oh. God, I've been so good about it, too. So diligent. Yeah, it's something you've emphasized so much. All right. I take what, like, how do I take mental stress or what happens? Yeah, you take some stress, yeah. 
some mental stress. One or one or two. It's up to you. Roll a dice. Roll a dice. Uh huh. I rolled a three. A three. You take two stress. Okay. <laughs> Great. Does that mean a consequence? If you want. If you want to alleviate the stress, you can do it immediately by getting a consequence. Otherwise, I'm going to take a consequence. Okay. You feel less sharp. Like, you don't feel like you have as much authority as you used to. So I'm going to say... Authority has been undermined by fellow workers. (laughs) Reality is setting in. Yeah, by being dirty. (laughs) You don't got... No one caught that pun? Undermined? That's great, dude. Great pun. Yeah, you don't really... You get the sense that you're not really the leader anymore of the team. Like, you thought for sure you were the leader, but now you're just like, oh, I'm just like another guy on the team. Can Robert roll a notice to see if he notices this? Yeah, you can roll a notice to see if he noticed that he's dirty now. (laughs) Two plus one. (laughs) No, you don't notice that he's dirty now. (laughs) Damn it. Otherwise, he would have taken advantage, used his opportunity to shit on him, push his will through, <laughs> and used the intercom to change to uh, me. <laughs> no, you just think he looks sharp. Okay, Clint gets up smoothly. It's seemingly unnoticeable to anybody else, but he just says, I'll be waiting outside while you all, I don't know, what, read those emails? It's far below me, and then goes outside, and he's gonna do something outside that no one needs to know. Alright. Is he gonna change his pants? Can I just quickly message you back and say what Clint's doing outside, or does it not matter that much, really? Yeah, you can message me, yeah. I'm done to hear what he's up to. Okay, cool. So, reading in the voice of... Oh. So, the date is... The date reads 2811... Something 26. Your characters know what year it is. I just don't want to set it in stone because that makes like continuity stuff that's confusing. So, long, long time ago, basically. From Papa at Agatha.Castle to Dimpleton at EmployMail.Castle. Subject Return. Where are the Agatite shipments? We apologize for the delay. A lot of our more recent workers have been struck with illness, all within the span of a week, but they're good, strong lizards. They'll surely recover quickly. We ask that you be patient for now. Alright, and then Aaron, you read this next email from Dimpleton. From Dimpleton to Papa, 10th of the 1st, XX27. Look, we understand you've seen a reduction in staff. But our bottom line will suffer if we don't have those shipments out pronto. It's your ass on the line, Pops. If you don't get your workers in gear, we might need to consider a large-scale resignation of all these sick workers. Keep up the good work. Tad Dimpleton! Solid. And the subject is re-re-agatite shipments. Urgent, in caps. Mm -hmm. Alright, next email. So from Papa, again, to Dimpleton. Subject... Re 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 re. The date is nine oh five something seventy four. Enough is enough. I've got lizards dying left and right. If we can't get this disease under control, it's going to be a global crisis. 
We can't keep dealing in Agatite! It just gets worse and worse! I had youngins come and start working, come in contact with the stuff and go into critical condition immediately! Fuck your whole monstrous company! I'm quitting! Alright, last email for Aaron. The 11th of the 2nd, XX76. From Dumpleton to Viola. Regarding salvageable agitate. Viola, first of all, let me just say I am terribly sorry to hear what happened to your father, Papa. Truly an honorable man and a hero to us all. Second of all, let's get down to brass tacks. You say there's no way to safely salvage agitate. But the Comulan Alliance are getting desperate. They need weapons. If we could harness the poison for good, I think we could really be making some excellent money here. Keep up the good work. Tad Dimpleton. Wait, what year are we in? You are in like 900 years after this. Okay. Yeah. Damn, Dimpleton old. Yeah. <laughs>